0: me just tell you a little bit about me so you know why I'm here and why would I do what I do. I live just north of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, my husband and I have eight children and six grandchildren. And in 1995, I was a patient in a mental hospital. So welcome to your afternoon session. So that's my story. And I really hope you won't think I'm too flip about mental illness. But if you do, I always say, that's my story, that's how I share it, and that's the story that brings me to you today. So welcome, friends, to Consider Yourself Hugged, episode 30. Oh my goodness. Today's hug, Legacy. A teacher, a student, and an unexpected lesson. I am Dr. Tammy West, here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. Mary Smith. Wow. Mary and I got to know each other really well just recently when I stayed at her house and she shared a very personal story of becoming aware of and processing and really understanding that we all leave a legacy. Hopefully it's always positive, but probably it's going to sometimes be negative. And today she'll tell us that story and how she uses it moving forward to help others and and be a positive influence. I could gush over her for the next 30 minutes about how, how awesome she is, but I think you'll get that from our chat. So I will read her bio and then we will jump in. Mary Smith is a 28-year educator, a Zig Ziglar Legacy Certified Professional Education Coach, trainer, and speaker. She's also a DISC Human Behavior Consultant, and she's a published author. She has published four titles, including the Texas Fifth Grade Science Study Guide, Texas Fourth Grade Science Study Guide, Texas Fifth Grade Science Star Prep Guide, and my special favorite, an educator's legacy, Impact and Reflection Journal. She will publish her next book, Alias Mary Smith, in early 2020. So look forward to that. I'm sure she'll be in touch with us. I will not make you wait one second longer. Please meet Mary Smith. I'm just glad you agreed to be with me today. Because oh, I'm excited. I think you're awesome. And the fact that we got to spend so much time together last week. I,
1: I know it was amazing, Tammy. I'm I really, really it. enjoyed it. And I appreciate you trusting me enough to stay with me.
0: Oh my goodness. And the things, the things that, that I learned about you that I didn't already know, like I had no idea. Like if so. Do you consider yourself, do you call yourself a cancer survivor or you like you're still battling and you always will be? Is that right? Yes,
1: that is, that is correct. It's never, mine has a, like a 70% chance of turning into some, I can't remember. I want to say hairy cell, um, hairy cell leukemia, like within three month time period.
0: Well, here is part of what I hear because having spent time with you, here are the things that I learned. Well, number number one was that, that you're struggling with cancer. Number two, I didn't really know that you're this puppy rescuer. Number three, that you are such a gracious, wonderful host. And I don't know if we mentioned before for people who are listening that I, I stayed with Mary the entire week last week while we were training teachers in Cypress Fairbanks, which is in Houston. So I learned that, how wonderful she is. And, um, oh, that you're such a connector, you know, of other people and a, just a a leader and a role model. So I just wonder, and I know you're not expecting me to ask the, ask you this question, but just me learning how much you had to give, have you always been that way or are there things that you – is that your personality? Have you been through things that led you to say, I'm going to help. I'm going to help puppies. I'm going to help people. Where does that come from? I was inspired.
1: I believe a big part of it is my personality. Hmm. Just because I like people and I like to see people around me successful.
0: Which that not makes every- me happy. Not everybody does that, Mary.
1: I I take joy in that though. I I don't know why I've always liked seeing people around me successful. I feel like one of the gifts that God has given me, and Mm -hmm. I feel like I've really been graced with it is, um, the ability to motivate and inspire. Mm -hmm. And and when I can motivate and inspire, that's when I truly feel like I'm living my purpose and helping others be successful is just motivating and inspiring I mean that's all you have to do is motivate them or inspire them to become who God created them to be and to be great
0: well and the interesting thing I hope that some of you will actually connect and reach out to Mary and just stay in touch with her on Facebook or whatever is that she truly is not just saying that like we so we're together at this event all week and there are what Mary 20 speakers. I don't even know. There's a lot of speakers. Yeah, probably 25, maybe a lot of things going on. We have lunch together every day. A couple, few of us had dinner a couple times. And when, when she talked about like excitement about somebody else's success, I mean, you could feel it. It was real. It wasn't like she was just faking. And sometimes in the speaker world, that doesn't always happen, but you were so authentic. Um, and you shared a story Uh, with me that you really had just had a realization of recently. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast and our conversation together. So do you mind? And I've already read your bio. So people know all about you. Um, Tell us. The Patrick story. Tell us the Patrick story. We are ready.
1: The Patrick story is painful. Yeah. However, um, there are lessons to be learned in it. So Hopefully my pain will help someone else not to have to experience the same pain. It will. I, I retired after 28 years, I was 18 years in the classroom. And then my last 10 years were in the, at the district levels doing support work for teachers. So the, while I was in the classroom, I went through divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had two husbands, and both of them are named Ron. <laughs>
0: yeah, if just if come me with Ron, that.
1: hit me up, man. Maybe you'll be number three. We'll see. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I went through divorce from Ron number one, and the year that I was going through divorce, I really kind of felt like I had done a fairly decent job. Mm-hmm. Now let me preface this with saying, I didn't feel like I was this amazing teacher in the classroom. I felt like I was a good teacher. I never felt like I was a great teacher. I didn't feel like I had had found my niche. I I loved what I was doing, but Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it was what I was supposed to be doing.
0: The whole time you were in the classroom? The whole time. And, And I liked
1: it, but I just didn't feel compelled. Like every single day, I didn't get up and go, yay, I get to go to school today. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I I mean, I liked it and I felt like I was fairly decent at it. I never felt like I was a great, I've I've seen great teachers Mm -hmm. and I wasn't one of them. I was a good teacher. I might've been a very good teacher, but I was never a great teacher.
0: Gosh, I don't know how to respond to that. I've never seen you teach students, but I have seen you teach adults and you are amazing. So maybe that was just part of your path to get you here, right? Maybe.
1: I think that's exactly what it was because once I moved to the district level and I started teaching the teachers, that's when I found my passion. Mm-hmm. So it took me a long time to get there. but I, And that's where this is going is that um, when I went through divorce, it, it was really hard for me, um, but I thought I did a really good job because I wasn't crying during class. I cried on the way to school. Sometimes I would cry on the way home. I cried on the way to my second job or my third job. And, you know, I did a fair amount of crying, but I never lost it in the classroom. And I was getting things done in the classroom. And I'm kind of task oriented anyway. So I was kind of, I was getting things done in the classroom. My students were semi-successful. I mean, not, I I usually had about a 95% passing rate. So my kids did fairly well. And, uh, consistently from year to year to year. And they always did. I never had a year where I had like nobody pass or like only 70%. I typically had passing rates of 95% or higher. And they, so did, felt
0: like, they felt did. like that year did a good too, job. Right? they did huh? that. They did that. You too. The, your divorce year, you were still having like testing. I, and, yeah. Yes. Okay. I still had the success. And you were strong, right? You were strong. I it.
1: felt like I was strong, <laughs>
0: and um, it wasn't until
1: two years ago when I was doing a training for um, the district that I came from in um, uh, that, and I was training technology the back end, and uh, one of the students afterwards, I, I was bragging about how I was teaching a class on live to win, and I was bragging about how I had been successful by leaving stuff out of the classroom like even though I was going through divorce I didn't bring all my trash to school with me and my kids didn't know I was going through divorce you know in my class I mean my personal children didn't but my kids in class didn't know that I was going through divorce and I handled it well and I maintained while I was at school and on Mm -hmm. and on and on
0: and you were why were you sharing it with that particular was there a reason you were sharing it with that group or did it just come up because didn't you just say you were doing like technology
1: Yes, but I was doing a live to win program on the oh, seventh of life. Okay. life, right? And so the story was part of my personal, when I was talking about the personal spoke of the wheel. So, gotcha. uh, encourage them, right? Like look. I was trying to encourage them. Yes, that you can, you know, even though life storms happen, we don't have to share it with everyone. And our students are, you know, the people around us when we're at work don't don't want to be a part of that part of your life. Okay. So I um, go through this big, long song and dance, and I do the whole training. And then afterwards, one of the participants comes up to me at the end of class and says, did your name used to be Miss Manning? I went, "Uh, yeah, because you know, that's never a good thing.
0: (laughs) If they remember you. Unless they're smiling and want to hug you
1: right? And he, do, he was not doing either. And so I looked at him and I said, yes, it did. Were you in my class? He said, yes, I was. And I looked at him and I said, what's your name? And he said, my name is Patrick. And then I remembered who he was. Mm-hmm. And I said, Gosh. Patrick, do you think you were in my class when I went through divorce? And he said, yes. And I said, why do you think so? And he, he's a direct kid. He was not afraid to say things, but he dropped his eyes and looked at the floor and said, it was the worst year of my academic career.
0: Oh, yeah. Almost killed me. Wow, Mary. I wanted to
1: crucify myself right there on the spot. It was all I could do to keep from bursting into tears. I mean, I almost died. My heart stopped.
0: You know, I don't, I don't think you told me, we, we chatted about this briefly, but what did you say? What did you do?
1: Well, the next thing I asked him is how did you know? Because I really did think that I had hidden it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you did. his
1: response said was, you were so angry that year. (sighs) You were just so angry. And when I reflect on it, he's right. I was. I was angry that I had failed at my marriage. I was angry that my kids weren't going to have a dad. I was angry that I was going to have to work three or four jobs just to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. I was angry at, at life in general, that this had happened in the first place, that I was making all these choices that I don't know if they were good or bad. I was just angry,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I didn't think my kids had seen it. Yeah.
0: But they had,
1: because he told me.
0: hmm
1: and then I felt like I ruined an entire group of kids because I had two groups, you know, I, cause I taught math and science. And so then we flipped and then I had another group of math and science. And I felt like not only did I ruin that group of kids, because honestly your divorce may be final within six months or a year, but that hurt that you carry with you goes with you for years. I mean, um, some carry it forever.
0: As is, could be other things that people have gone through in life, too. When you carry an event, any sort of traumatic event like that directly affects you for a period of time, but indirectly, it can be there for much longer.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and so I didn't know how many groups I had actually affected. That was my next thought is, oh, my gosh, it wasn't just one year. It was probably two at least, probably three or four, before I started to get enough confidence in myself and some of that anger started to subside and I started to live again because up until then, it was just a bunch of anger. You know, when I got divorced, I I was on my own. So it's not like I had anybody to help me. Yeah. So there was a lot of anger, you know, and I, and I don't know how long I carried it.
0: Yeah, and there was probably fear and sadness and regret and so many things but did you because Mary and I have had a little bit not not to this depth but she did say that phrase then I realized I ruined a whole group of kids which of course as her friend I am trying to convince her she did not ruin a whole group of kids but I don't think I asked you this did you have any other parents or kids tell you that your, that year had been bad? Did you have a parent reach out to you and say, Hey, my kid says you're angry. You're, I mean, anything other than, no,
1: no, I didn't. And you know, what was really, I had um, several parents of kids that I taught in my audience this past week. And I had several former, former students. Mm -hmm. Um, And I asked, and I flat out told them, you know, when I, because they came before the before I spoke and said, do you remember my son? Um, and they told me their name. And and I did remember their kids actually, because their kids were good kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, yes. And I sure hope the story I tell was not the year that I had them. So then afterwards, they both came up to me and told me that their kids were not in my class that year because their kids loved me. So that made me feel better that somebody loved me. <laughs> but they obviously weren't in my class that year. <laughs> so, wow. you know, I don't know how many kids I messed up, but I mean, you know what? That's something I feel like I needed to own and I needed to process through because I could have just blown it off and said, oh, well, that's just one kid. It but wasn't. the reality is, is it's that's not the way life is.
0: Yeah.
1: All of our actions have have um, consequences to them, and so I have I have to accept that if once one student felt that way, there's a distinct possibility that all students I had that that year felt that way,
0: or maybe just somewhere in the middle.
1: Could have been somewhere in the middle. I don't but think my point wrong. is is that we have I have to accept it. I have to own it. Right. And then I have to change it.
0: Well, how, you know, I, I feel like a story like that. First of all, it had to be heartbreaking to you. And, you know, I don't know if everybody listening, if you're just listening now and not the whole time. I mean, I taught high school for 10 years and Mary, I didn't realize that you and I probably had that same, you know, teaching for me was definitely a season but it was when I started training teachers that I was like oh my gosh you know I love this world and I had things that I wanted to help them with um so you know that that had to just be heartbreaking for you and I I think too that as you process what happened for the rest of your life you'll have little nuggets of realization and things that you've learned from it and things that you can help can you tell us a little bit so far, uh, you've kind of started the process, like how it's impacted you. You're, I guess you're sharing the story now in your sessions. Is I that am.
1: Right?
0: So what, I am. what, how has it impacted you like thus far? Have you processed it as much as you'd like, or where are you in that?
1: I am to a point now to where I no longer cry over it. Like I used to, because oh. I used to just cry over it every time I thought of it,
0: oh. but now
1: I took it and I turned it into something different because there's kind of a three-step process. I typically try to look at when I go through, because I've had a lot of things that um, have been considered what most people would consider traumatic. Mm-hmm. So I, I do, I have a three-step process that I typically follow. And number one is to look for the lesson in whatever it is that you're going through um, especially if it's something that you cause like like that I, that was definitely something I have to own so I need to look for the lesson in there what what lesson can I learn from that situation and how can I not make the mistake again because I don't want to repeat my mistakes
0: okay I'm, I'm typing these things as you say them I do not want to forget them Ah, okay all right so you look for the lesson
1: the second thing is to focus on the positives that were
0: there Hmm.
1: um, or that can come from it so while i didn't um, see any positives at the time reflecting on what patrick told told me made me think about uh how can i pass this message on to teachers Mm -hmm. so that they because So many teachers every single year are experiencing the same thing. Every single day this week, this past week, I had a teacher come up to me after the session, after all the books were sold that would look at me and say, I connected with your story. And then they would start crying. And I have to tell you, they were all women. Um, And they would start crying because they were going through divorce this year too. So I know there's at least five in the district that are going through it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I gave them uh, all except for one. I gave them books because what I ended up happening was I tried to figure out how we can turn this around so to where that they don't experience this. And so I started thinking about flipping the positive switch as opposed to focusing on the anger, focusing on the negatives. Mm-hmm. And when a couple of years ago, I got a really bad case of shingles.
0: Mm, oh, right. I learned that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really bad case of shingles. And I was struggling with it, it because I had a breakout for a good solid eight months and it was painful. And I didn't feel like I was getting the things done that I needed to get done in my business. I felt like everything was stalling. And I would, had talked to Tom Ziegler and he said I needed to start a gratitude journal. Well, to me, journaling seemed really woo-woo. Yes. Um, you know, it's like, like uh, your
0: diary, get your little pink book out with the key, <laughs> right?
1: My sister had one of those. Yeah, And so I asked my sister, I can remember asking my sister when we we're growing up. I said, Ben, uh, why do you write down your thoughts on that piece of paper that can be used against you in a court of law? That just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> and she said, well, Mogey, I don't do anything that can be used against me in a court Law, oh, I went, oh, well, okay. Well, never mind. Well, right.
0: that makes sense. Okay.
1: Right. Okay. So I moved on with that one, but it just seems stupid to me. I mean, why would you want to write down what's in your head? I knew I didn't.
0: Oh, Mary, just say what you're thinking. Don't, don't. Tip it around. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I thought it was just stupid. It's okay. just, I didn't, I didn't
1: understand the didn't whole thing that. at all. Mm-hmm. But, and when Tom said write down you know, start a gratitude journal, just write three things every day that you're grateful for three things that make you happy, because what you have to do is, is flip the dopamine switch in your brain and release those endorphins. And you do that by recognizing the good things that are going on in your life. So if you'll write down three things every day in a gratitude journal, just can be a notebook, just write down the three things in your life that make you happy for today then it forces you to quit with the negative thoughts because you have to listen to the positive. Mm -hmm. So I went through my journal as I was preparing for last week. And I, I looked through my journal and I had things like, you know, sometimes I was grateful for calls from Allie. Allie is my granddaughter and she lives in New York. So I was grateful for calls from her. Mm -hmm. And another time I was grateful for um, like uh, God's blessings that, that it, I was getting like my study guides written and my yeah. start prep guide written. So I was, you know, I had little blessings that I felt like were on the side.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it gave me the time to focus on getting some products done. And then, like the third thing was cheese. Yeah. I don't know why I like cheese. <laughs> and as I look through yeah. it, it's like cheese is like every other day, was but
0: it, you know. Was there a particular I, type of cheese that you <laughs> liked, or was it just all cheese? Just cheese. Just, just cheese. cheese any yeah. cheese.
1: She's made me happy. I don't know why it made me happy. Like a lot of times during, you know, cause I write in my journal, I typically write for 66 days because that's how long it takes for you to have like a change in habit, oh. um, which I figure is a change in attitude. Yeah. And when my attitude starts to stink, honestly, I pull out my gratitude journal and I start writing down things that I'm grateful for. So I took that concept and I thought, how can I apply this to teachers? Because it really does work. After you've started writing in a gratitude journal, you start looking for things around you that you can be grateful for. And so I decided to write an educators, my book is called an educator's legacy Mm -hmm. impact and reflection journal. I love that. So the, the, the first part is, where you write down the positive things that says the impact I made today. And that's, I think that if I would have had the ability to write down the good things that were happening in class every day, I may not have been so angry.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Because I was so focused on everything bad that was happening and trying to survive and trying to make rent and make sure we weren't living in the car And you know, then my car would break, and it was like every time I turned around, something else was happening. And I think if I could have had something good happening in my classroom, it -hmm. would have helped my attitude, and I wouldn't have been so angry. So then,
0: that's what I love. That's what I love about the fact that you wrote this book specifically for educators because it allows them to have a little bit of guidance in their journaling um, from someone who understands. Yes, and then
1: you know, you've got to have a growth and reflection piece because everybody in education, none of us are in it for the money. We're really? in it for the difference. I know, right? Who knew?
0: I, did, I didn't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're in it for the difference we can make. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all want to make an impact. Yeah. And our choice is whether we're going to leave a negative, a negative legacy or whether we're going to leave a positive legacy. I did yeah. not realize I had left negative.
0: And, and anybody who's listening, because... Many of you probably aren't teachers, but in any job that you have, whatever it is, whether it's in retail or whether it's in hospitality or business, whatever it is, hopefully you want also to to leave a positive impact on your work. Even if you're just there mainly because you need a paycheck, we spend a lot of time at work, so we all need to look for something, don't you think? That's positive, whether it's the the customers you're interacting with or whatever. You really still can change a life. In a good way and, and feel better about yourself when you leave each day.
1: That's right. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about a classroom or students or not, Tammy, you hit it right on the head. Because everybody you interact with, you leave a legacy with. You do. And you determine whether they, you've left a positive impact with them or a negative. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't, it doesn't have to be students. It can be your family. Yes, it can be people you work with. It does. It's whoever if you have any kind of a relationship with.
0: You know when you, you said
1: every day what you're leaving behind.
0: You just made me remember when you said that about your family uh, years ago. Some story. It was my kids were already basically grown. Maybe they were teenagers, and something came up about sarcasm, and I don't remember how the conversation got started about me, but apparently they were like, oh you think you're not sarcastic. And they all started laughing. And I was like, what? And there was this moment of realization that I thought I was being funny, but they all thought that I was super sarcastic. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know. So many of us have those realizations. We didn't know.
1: Yeah. That's funny to me.
0: You're helping us to know.
1: So yeah, it's, and you know, the, so I ended up writing the book based on my experience with Patrick, because I don't want anybody else to find out after they've retired that they have left a, ne- a negative legacy behind. Um, it changes your whole perspective about who you are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because so many of us identify with, especially if you're a teacher, you identify with being a teacher. Yeah, you, you do. Know? Mm-hmm. And it, it's like who you are. It's, oh, well, I'm a teacher, you know? And and it's a, for me, it was a thing that I, w- that I was proud of. Even yeah. though I wasn't great at it, I was still proud of being a teacher. I was proud to say that I was a difference maker because to me, teacher
0: and difference maker are
1: synonymous.
0: Ooh, I'm going to type that. It was a difference maker.
1: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean that's why we do it. Yeah. We don't do it for the money. We do it to be a difference maker. And so when you find out that you were a difference maker, but it wasn't the right difference, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little struggle.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Cause I want to make sure I, I don't want to, I had, so I was looking at these three things you wanted to tell us, which was look for the lesson, you right? Know? focus on the positives, right? Was the third in there, the journaling or was that
1: the third is remember that it's only a season. Oh, that's huge. Because everything ends eventually.
0: Mm.
1: The positive, you know, when you're going through a great time in your life, that's going to come to an end. And when you're going through the negative part, that's also going to come to an end. And that, that was one of the things that I felt like that i worked that i had the hardest time with is remembering that it's not permanent and i think that a lot of people in society right now they get um depressed or something doesn't go their way and they think this is the worst thing ever and it's going to last forever yeah but it doesn't
0: well let me make sure i are you talking about and you may be talking about both of these things but are you encouraging us that the difficult time you were going through in the divorce was a season or the feelings that you're having through the patrick story is a season or is it just you're just saying generally all those things
1: all of those things are a season yeah they are i mean the divorce thing the the hardest part to remember i think when you're in the thick of it is that it will end yeah you know it's that it's it seems like every single day when you're getting up it doesn't seem like there's any any, uh, improvement or hope, Mm -hmm. but there always is. It will end. You just have to kind of ride the storm and then, and then you'll, you're better for it. I mean, especially if you look for the positives and, you know, you focused on, um, looking for a lesson and it's just, it's a season.
0: You know, I did a, a podcast episode about worry words, which I'll post a If I reference an old one, I'll I'll make sure I put it in the show notes, but um, because it was it seemed to be one of the more popular ones. And I talked about for me and for those of us who are predisposed both genetically and life experiences, predisposed to worry, there's that whole catastrophic and global thinking, which is just what you said. If you're going through something, first of all, it's the worst ever. And second of all, it will always be that way. And I I think it's a, a matter of I'm glad that you put that as a point because we do need to like say that to yourself. This feels awful, but I know it won't always feel awful. This feels terrible. I don't want to feel it, but I know I won't feel it forever. That's
1: Well, and even if you do feel the pain forever, it will lessen. You know, like I still get the pain knowing that I, that I gave Patrick his worst year ever, at least Patrick, if not more. I still get the pain, but yeah. I, I also realize that out of that pain came something that I can help others with.
0: Yes. And, and you so, are,
1: you are, I think it is. Um, that's. And so if, if you can realize that, that through my pain, I can help so-and-so. I mean, you never know why you go through certain situations and most of the time, God's preparing you to help someone else who's going to be going through something similar to what you've gone through. And he's giving you the ability to help guide them through it and give them hope.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, Mary, is there any other last words of, I mean, you've given us a ton to think about. Is there anything you haven't said that you wanted to? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Well, I know that you are going to um, give us your contact information, which I will post in the show notes. Mary has a professional Facebook page um, we will I will post a link so that you can get her book so that you can follow her on whatever social media um, I'll post her points in the show notes and just anything else that we think of in between now and um, the time that we air but i'm I'm just so grateful to have you as a friend. I'm so honored that you took time to be with me today, and I just can't thank you enough. You're the best. Thanks, Tammy. I
1: appreciate you.
0: Oh, I appreciate you too, and we will talk soon. All right, sounds great. Bye, Mary. Bye, honey. Well, I'm sad to say that that is our time for today. I hope you learned something about your legacy. Yes, your legacy, because I sure did, and it's a part of who I am now. So please pass the show link along to a friend or two and head on over to tanus.com to get information if you would like for me to speak at your next event. And also you will find all the promised info and links to contact Mary if you would like for her to speak for your group or coach you, get her book or connect on social media. All of that is in the show notes. The monthly giveaway as always will come from leaving a comment on that blog slash show notes. So be sure to do that. It's still going to be the consider yourself hugged mug and I know you will love that. And thank you again for listening. Our community really is growing. And finally, remembering our mental and emotional well-being goal, I hope that you will renew your thoughts daily, adopt empowering language that prevents verbal harm to yourself and to others, and make positive mental and emotional choices every single day of your life. And until next time consider yourself hugged.